welcome to the Money, Life, and Limitless Possibilities podcast, where we help you build a bridge over roadblocks in life and create keys to limitless possibilities. I am your host and head cheerleader, Rhonda J. Williams. It was really coming into an end of myself because I think before, and that's, I think that's the story of my life is really coming when I am trying to process through and get through something is God really always brings me to the end of myself. And he always reminds me that this is not, this is not your life is mine. When he was like, when you committed your life to me, there was an exchange that you lay down your life and I pick it up. And so that was me. It's always me coming to the end of myself and say, Lord, you know, I don't. And when um, that always happens, the answer is always there. Hey, family, welcome back. Today's episode is sponsored by Exodus Financial Education Group. This is my company where I provide financial education and personal development coaching and training to corporations and individuals so that they can go forth powerfully towards their goals in money and life without limits. Consistently be able to navigate life's roadblocks, whether they are seen or unseen, and be empowered to get everything that's needed to be your best self. If you're joining us for the first time here, as always, welcome to the podcast. And if you didn't know, we go by the belief that it is absolutely positively possible to be limitless in money and life. Each week here, I share information, innovation, and insights around my five keys to limitless possibilities. So if you want to hear all about that, check out episode number eight, where I break those down. And there'll be a note in the link in the show notes for that. Welcome back to the show, family. And again, welcome to 2021. So I mentioned before, we're in the middle of our series on release, resilience, and reinvention. I wanted to start 2021 on a sort of a different note. Nobody has to explain what we've been in the middle of through the last four years, 2020, just all of it. (laughs) So again, I wanted to start on a slightly different note. In spite of all that has happened and continues to happen and, you know, how we may be looking at things. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look out and I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) I just don't know. But I knew that regardless of how I felt, I needed to walk into 2021 and release some things. I needed to gather up my resilience because my mentor says that purpose is not postponed, right? So again, I needed to come into 2021 releasing some things. I need to gather my resilience and I need to do some reinvention. How can we take this from another angle? What can, how can we take what we need and again, release what we don't? So that's what this series is all about. I'm highlighting different people's stories on all of these aspects. So I hope you've been enjoying This week, I have a special guest, Dr. Erin R. Harris. She's a doctor, actually, and I found her in the middle of the pandemic. Needed some health care, and, you know, I myself am in the middle of a layoff as well. 
and did not have health care. So I needed health care. And that is a really delicate animal nowadays. It really is. You can find it. It might not be good and it might be very costly, <laughs> but she is an amazing doctor. Her practice has a very unique approach to health care is called direct care, where you are just really in communication and relationship directly with her. So it's really different. It's really amazing. So have her on and talk about her story of resilience and the power of trusting your gut, regardless of what people say. So let me formally introduce you to Dr. Erin R. Harris. Dr. Erin Harris is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the care of patients in ages ranging from 12 all the way to 100 years old. She's been in practice since 2001. She received her Bachelor's of Art from Earlham College and her earned her medical degree from Indiana University School of Medicine. From 1998 to 2001, Dr. Harris trained as an intern and resident in internal medicine at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Harris has a special interest in women's health, wellness, and preventive medicine. In her spare time, she enjoys spending quality time with her family, baking, and serving at her church. All right, Dr. Erin Harris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on for this opportunity just to provide anything that I need to provide for you guys. Absolutely. So, and I thank you again so much for blessing us to come on and tell a little bit of your story, a little bit of your journey. And like I mentioned on before we jumped in, I'm in the middle of this series. I wanted to jump off 2021 with a series around release, resilience, and reinvention. And I wanted to bring you in to really dig out the area of resilience and really talk about, specifically, we're talking about the power of trusting your gut regardless, mm-hmm. right, of what people say. So this exactly. is- super juicy because we know that it's tough, right? It can be tough to really follow your gut and kind of go against what people say, but we're in really different times and we know we gotta, we can't just do, you know, status quo, what people think we should do sometimes. So we're going to really, really dig into that today. So I'm honored again that you agreed to be on and we're going to get into it. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So I know that on your journey, Lord have mercy, you have faced quite a few challenges to becoming, right, Dr. Aaron Harris, right? You didn't just wake up like this, right? No. (laughs) And as a doctor, you know, you possess an amazing bedside manner, right, which is uh, a level of care and concern, which is pretty much a little bit of a dying breed in healthcare, right? <laughs> so, you know, you're blazing trails as far as I'm concerned already, right? As you're journeying through vitiligo, you'll share a little bit of that today, being a wife, a mother, and everything in between. Again, we know you didn't wake, wake up like this, so just take us back just to hear, maybe share a little bit of your journey, maybe share uh, one of the maybe integral moments or integral transitions along your journey. Well, you know, I actually, when I was younger, I thought about going into medicine, but I always thought I was going to be a scientist. I always thought that I would do research. I remember 
looking at a life magazine and looking at a mechanical heart and was like, oh yeah, I want to do that. Or when HIV came out, I was like, I want to cure HIV. And so I never thought that it was definitely, I thought being a physician was always out of reach for me. (laughs) For some reason, I thought I could cure HIV, but (laughs) being a doctor was out of reach for me because I just thought that was just another category that I didn't fit into because I didn't see many African-American physicians when I grew up. And then when I did see them, they were just kind of like this separate part of society, you know, the high society that maybe I didn't grow into or I wasn't born into. I wasn't the child of a physician. So therefore I didn't have the kind of like that social position to be a physician in a sense. You know, I didn't go to a private school or, you know, I grew up in the hood. So (laughs) I was thinking, hey, that doesn't necessarily position me to be a physician, but I I knew I love science. So, you know, I was in college and I was still actually just pursuing the whole biochemistry, biology degree. And I actually had a person, he was an organic chemist. He was African-American and he happened to just be teaching a course. But I was thinking, I think I ran that across. I was like, you know, I was thinking about going to medical school. He was like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't go to medical school. You know, you, you won't do well. Yeah. You probably, you need, um, you know, only it was, he put this in this category category to me that was like beyond my reach. And you have to have a 4.0 to go to medical school and you have to do this and you have to do this and this. And so I was like, oh, well, that's just out of my reach. And I just kind of took it for granted that it was. And I think it was, that was, I think my second year of college. And then my third year of college, I was working on a, a research project with one of my kind of mentors in biology. He was doing some research with hairy cell leukemia, and I was one of the students he chose to help him with his research. And so we were just talking, and he said, you know what, have you ever thought thought about being a physician? And I was like, no. Um, I was thinking I couldn't be one. He was like, I think you would make a great physician. He said, "You you said your thirst for scientific knowledge plus your personality would match a great physician. And I was like, really? So guess what? Erin Harris started her road to, to go to medical school. It's that one thing um, that turned turned my decision around. And I still was balancing, well, should I do science or should I do medical school? But now, just because he said that, it became a possibility for me. Right. The things that we can say to people to empower or, or not empower people to make decisions is very powerful. is absolutely powerful. And so that was the, I can always say that was the one, that was the one thing that he said out of the, just probably off the, and I know by the grace of God that turned my head to say, oh, okay, well, let me, let me try it out. You're my, you're my, one of my professors. You see my grades. You, if you say I can do it, I can do it. Let's do it. (laughs) like you say um we don't know the power in our words right Mm -hmm. you know we're just kind of throwing them around like no exactly you know and really taking that in 
And, you know, we're talking about the power of trusting your gut. You know, sometimes it is trusting what you're feeling, regardless of what someone is saying, you know, and I love that life redirected you. Right. And I, I find that if something is truly about who you are, a part of your journey, where you're supposed to be, life will redirect you. And so being in tune with yourself, right, being in tune with uh, your gut and yourself or however you sense things is important because life does give redirection. So I love that. Yeah. You mentioned that another category I didn't fit in, right? Tell me, tell me just a little bit about that because I think that that's important when we talked about when we talk about trusting your gut, you know, something else I didn't fit in because a lot of times in life, there are these paths and these these lists and these cookie cutter approaches that we're supposed to take. Right. But if we don't feel like we fit in, then we might not go there. So tell me just a little bit about when you said that statement, another category that I didn't fit into. Absolutely. You know, I was um, I probably would be categorized when I grew up as lower middle income. We weren't poor, but we we definitely didn't own our home. We moved around a lot. I would come home and some bills weren't paid and some lights weren't on or gas wasn't on. My mother, sometimes she was married and sometimes she was divorced. But, you know, my whole category of who went to medical school were the people who live in the suburbs, who were black, uh, if they were African-American black, they were upper middle, middle class, they grew up in the suburbs, they had a great home, you know, stable family, you know, sent them to, you know, suburban schools. They, what is that cotillion they would go to, you know, girls would go to the cotillion and wore the, yeah, the debutante <laughs> and wore the white dresses. <laughs> That's who I thought went to medical school. Definitely like me. So that was that type of category of person. And then you find out, honestly, those, the same people, not saying all people, the same people that were supposed to do all those things didn't. They ended up working or didn't go to school or dropped out or something like that. So I think it is just necessarily what your purpose is in life. And do you even sometimes if you don't have that opportunity to pursue your purpose, like you said, it will still be laid out for you if that is what you are definitely called to do. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think we talked previous before, but uh, I'm a, I'm a self-professed nerd. Like I grew up uh-huh. in being a nerd. I actually, uh, I don't think we talked about it, but I went to school to be a scientist. I was sitting in class and discovered that half the people there were going to medical school. Were yes. Going on. And so I thought, well, maybe I should do that. And then uh, someone said, you know, I don't know if it was read to me or I came into the knowledge that you have to be, I didn't want to be responsible every day. <laughs> they were like, you know, if you're on vacation and someone gets sick and, you know, you, you have to be the one to respond as you do. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be responsible every day. So I leaned in the science, in the science. you know, as life goes on, you know, I've always, in terms of category, I didn't fit in, feeling like this nerd and this standout and this awkward or unique thing over there, there were so many things I just didn't fit in, didn't feel like I fit in. But 
I love that we're talking about trusting your gut because in life redirecting you because that is truly what it was and what it is now. I'm nerd all day, like proud of it, unique and wonderfully made. Come and get some of this awesomeness. Hello. <laughs> you know, so really getting to the place where you can walk into that is really huge, right? Exactly. I call myself the cool nerd. Yes. <laughs> And a lot of times, you know, we're the person that the people are coming to for the stuff and the things, right? Right. <laughs> and then I know that vitiligos start to play a part in your life somewhere along the line. So tell us how that came in and how you how you really navigated that forward, because I think it's been quite some time on that journey, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I was diagnosed with vitiligo um, when I was 20 years old. And I had just a small space on my arm, on the uh, mid part of my arm, that eventually, as I went through medical school and, well, college, medical school, and residency, I would say in residency is when it spread the most. It started, you know, kind of like it went from my arm, and then it just went to my abdomen, and then it spread from my abdomen up and down. So it went the more it spread and went to my legs and then up to my chest. And the older I became and the more stress that I went through, the the more it would spread. So if I went through a stressful situation, I would just lose more color. And that's how I knew I was stressed out because of course, as physicians, we just keep it moving. We, we have, do we have 30,000 things to do? Oh, absolutely. Am I tired? Absolutely. But the work has to be done. Let's let's just get past it. Get your butt up and can't keep it moving. So I would I would realize I was stressed out because I start I would start losing color. So I think in 2018 is when I lost the color the most color in the shortest amount of time. I never had color loss in my face. I was always able to kind of conceal it with like short sleeve shirts or nobody was, you know, or shirts and clothing. But, um, and then of course it started spreading to my hands. I really didn't care about my hands, but when it started spreading to my face and then I didn't realize that, you know, cause you, if you don't grow up that way, you don't realize that you have color loss in your face or somebody's looking at, and it wasn't until somebody kind of looked at me like, Oh, yeah, what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Or I would go in an elevator and somebody would ask me, well, how'd you get burned, sweetie? And I would be like, oh, here we go again. Or if you, like, I think um, on the YouTube, I had a YouTube channel where I had people who were mean and they, it was always the drunk people. It was always people who were inebriated, who would always come up and say the craziest things to me when I was, um, yeah, when I had, when, when I, I had a lot of color loss. And so, yeah, I went through a very difficult time that time because now it's on my face and now I have to put makeup on and now I have to cover and I have to kind of get back to myself. And I felt like I lost myself. I just didn't feel, I was like, I will look at myself and I didn't recognize myself. And that really bothered me. And so it really brought me to a point where I was like, you know what? I have to figure out a way. This ha- it has to be a way. It actually was my husband who triggered it. He showed me something where, again, haha, all things are possible. Because mm-hmm. I have not seen anything be possible prior to this. So I guess the thing should have been trust your gut and know all things are possible. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> So before the possibility wasn't there and I saw a YouTube video where 
this young lady has started taking nutrients and she gained her color back. And then it took me down the rabbit hole of, I saw all these people posting who, you know, as a physician, I had always been told vitiligo progresses. You can't do anything about it. Just deal with it. If you, if it gets too much, do what Michael Jackson did and bleach his skin. That was the road I thought I was going down. But then when I saw this, oh, possibilities open up again, takes me down the rabbit hole. I was like, and it led me into what I, I am practicing and becoming certified in now, which is functional medicine. And I was, I was, I've always looked for an answer. It has to be an answer out there. It has to be, and, and there it was. And in terms of how you personally, mentally, emotionally uh, managed or navigated kind of yourself in that journey, what, you know, what were the things, what were your go-to things or, you know, just what was your process in, in really managing the journey? Yes, everything mentally and physically. And so coming to that space, but even in coming to that space, allowing something to speak to you right in that moment. So absolutely. And being open um, that for a solution outside of ourselves, right? Because we can definitely be in a mode where if we don't know what it is, then there's nothing, right? Or if someone exactly. else, there's nothing, then there's nothing. But I love that part of trusting your gut is coming to the end of yourself, coming to the end of our solutions and allowing, you know, the universe, your higher power, God for myself, I believe it's God for you to yes. do us and give us the next best step. So that's, I love that. And that actually is part of trusting your gut because um, as a believer, for me, the, my gut is when they say, I, you know, I should have, my first mind, my first mind was a go, was X, Y, Z. My first mind, something told me mm-hmm. and I had to get out of that. Some, I, that something told me was God himself, the guy, you know, who, and that is trusting that that still small voice that's telling you how to go is where you should go. That's and that's the trust of outside of you. That's the trust of your gut. Trusting that that inner that what you call it inner voice or that still small voice is the voice of truth and is the voice of the way that you should go in order to lead you down the right path. Because you, if you don't know where to go, if you're blind and you don't know how to work which way you're going you have no vision you have no sight then there's a trust factor that comes there to say I think this is the way I need to go but I don't know so I'm just going to go with it (laughs) and that's that's like stepping out and then the next stone comes Mm -hmm. you know you step out on the first stone you don't see the next stone but then the next stone comes you step on the next stone and next comes you step, step on the next stone and, you know, because we're talking about resilience, I, you know, I always say with resilience, it, it's a tough one because resilience muscle is built on the battleground, right? Yes. It's built in the heat. It's built in the, in, in the middle of it all, right? And so even in trusting your gut, you know, trusting your gut doesn't mean everything's going to go right. Absolutely. <laughs> because life is all ebbs and flows, nothing of a direct path, you know, twists and turns. And so understanding up front that there will be twists and turns and ups and downs. So expect it, right, from, from a place of resilience. Expect it that life is an experiment. It's trial and error. Some of it is to 
make us more mature. Some of it is to grow us. Some of it is so that we see that side of that decision and understand that, yeah, no, that's not what I want. Right. <laughs> there, you know, there is power in, in, in wanting something and desiring something and feeling like that's the thing for us, right? That's the right thing for us. And stepping into that and discovering that uh, that would be a hell no, <laughs> you know, that, that was the absolute wrong. And so even that is powerful because it redirects you in an amazing way. You're, you're on the straight and narrow path at that point. Right. And so that's, that's a part of it. You know, you needed to see something so that you can be done with that and, and keep moving forward. And even when you were saying it may not be what we expected it, it's like that expectation may just be us being wrong because mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying because a lot of times the way it went even though it wasn't expected was still the way it was supposed to go <laughs> hey man <laughs> right. and we're like all thrown off like oh my god right god is like mm-hmm, you good now so come on let's go <laughs> so yeah like it all it all plays a role it absolutely it does it does it does i can honestly like when i started my business when i started the practice that i meant i've you know I've, I've had always been an employee physician but when i started my own practice i thought it was going to grow in one year i was like one year we're going to be rocking and rolling <laughs> And then one year I had like two, two members wow. <laughs> after one year. And then the second year, I think I had 10. And then by the third year, I was like, this is about to go. I'm about to give this up. Every single time I made that decision to give up, God was like, I would get a phone call. I would get like, I would get, Hey, um, out of, out of the blue, out of nowhere. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your sign up for your practice. Can you tell me more about it? Every single time I was like, Lord, this is it. That's all. I'm done. I'm going to go work somewhere else. I said, but I can't do that. I just don't want to do that phone call. And then it was at that point where I said, no more. I will hit rock bottom and the door shut before I give up on this thing. That's when things, when he was like, okay, you're at the end of yourself now. Okay, great. I can take over. Oh, jeez. Wow. That's so, you, I always say, I mean, can we just have talked about it? I mean, I thought we were better than that. Can we just have worked this out amongst ourselves? Most of the drama, you know. So, um, I'm glad you brought it up because I was about to transition to there. So you own a patient-centered direct primary care practice that specializes in health care that is personalized and accessible. Amen. And I know I found you in the middle of a pandemic, okay, (laughs) with no healthcare personally myself due to my recent uh, recent layoff. And you you answered the phone. Where they do that at, right? (laughs) So tell us, you know, give us the details of your practice and how it works. You told us a little bit of how you blaze the trail, but to kind of break down what that really means to be a direct primary care practice. Okay, so direct primary care is primary care that is patient-centered. Instead of uh, contracting with an insurance company to take care of my patients, I contract with the patient directly to take care of my patients. And so now, instead of 
the insurance company being the dictator of how I take care of my patients, the patients now become, again, the way it used to be, the dictator of how we treat this relationship between doctor and patient. And no longer do I have this middleman of an insurance company saying, this is how you're supposed to treat your patient and this is what you're supposed to do for them. And so that was the main reason I chose to kind of jump, you know, even though this was unheard of, you know, I guess it's now been seven years ago in 2014, um, because I just couldn't do what I was doing anymore. I just, I was at my wits end, I was burned out. I just didn't want to do it. So I love this a way to practice. I love this model um, because number one, it is affordable. It does give people an option to have great health care, but not pay a lot for it. It made a lot of sense, even for people who had health insurance, like even people with Medicare, because some of those people with Medicare can't even get in to see their physician. You know, you have some people 75 years old, they can't, they, their doctors don't have time to talk to them. I have that time. And so what the, the model does is it, it allows people to make same day appointments, next day appointments. We have extended uh, visits where I can sit and talk to you for an hour. I can sit and talk to you for 15 minutes if you want me to. I can sit and talk to you for you know 45 minutes. So we have that extended visit time. I'm able to do more face-to-face time. I'm accessible by phone, by text, by video. And so there's a lot of different ways you can get a hold of me. And so I was that person who said, I don't want that response. You were like, I don't want that responsibility. I was that person who wanted that responsibility. So I'm like, no, I want my patients to call me. Anything goes down, they're calling me. I don't want them calling anybody else but me. <laughs> so this was perfect for me. You know? <laughs> I, I would, I, that would bug me when I would be in fee for service and the, the other type of model and my patients. I was like, who did you talk to over the weekend? This happened and why? You went to the ER and I wanted them to talk to me, but there wasn't a a good model for them to do that because they were talking to the doctor on call or the nurse triage over the weekend. And so I absolutely fell in love with this model. I wouldn't practice any other way. So all that stuff I was doing before, like, Lord, I'm going to go back. He was like, girl, please, you know, (laughs) you're going to stand right here. You just, <laughs> you just have to build up your skin a little bit more and uh, learn how to be a better business person. But yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah. And it, again, truly, it's amazing. I um, And I'm going to put all your information in the show notes, but I definitely recommend, like I say, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, no health insurance myself. And I, I had called around uh, that morning. And when I got to you, I think I, I left a message, but like you called me back and I was like, oh, my God. She's the one. <laughs> and I think I saw you the same that same day. So, yes. you know, in, in those moments, you know, where you feel like you you need help and, you know, whatever it is, big or small, it was just something about that. You just answered the phone. You were just really calm. You just talked to me. It's like, OK, well, let's just get you in. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> so, you know, I'm sold. I'm so so healthcare plan or not, you know, I am a member. I'm going to remain a member. And I'm actually, I'm glad you brought that up about Medicare. Like my father, I help him with a lot of things and he does have Medicare, but I had looked into direct care about a year or so ago to add to his plan so that he could have someone that we could just talk to randomly Mm -hmm. when little things come up because it just takes so much time and effort and energy to try to really get someone on the phone or get a visit where people actually listen 
to you. Like that's a that's a dying art in the in the healthcare field, unfortunately. All right. So the podcast, Money, Life, and Limitless Possibilities, we're all about what I call my five keys to limitless possibilities. And that is getting clear on what you want, getting free of limiting beliefs, getting beyond your past, getting resilient, and getting that timing matters. And so I know we're talking about resilience today, but how have you seen any of these other keys kind of play a part in your journey? The belief part played a big part for me because I had to, I think you really have to see yourself doing something Um, because if you can't see yourself doing something, then you won't necessarily do it. You really have to, and it's not the false belief where you tell yourself over, you know, over and over again, um, and you really don't believe it, which can sometimes help. Sometimes you have to, you know, get that um, in you, but it was, it's, it's a lot for me. It was that, that change from, oh, I didn't believe now I believe it was a, it was a switch of, oh, not truth versus truth. And so I think that played a big part and timing was a huge, huge part for me as far as just honestly being at the right place at the right time and taking advantage of that. Because there were some times where I knew that if I didn't move and move fast, that I was going to miss out on some things. And I was, and I had done that before Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that again. Um, But the thing is, a lot of times things can go so fast that if you don't move, you'll miss it. But it's scary to do that because you're like, oh Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't prepared for this. It's it's going so fast. (laughs) And you're like, what happens if, because you know, I'm analytical. I haven't, I haven't done the plan and uh, project managing and houses. If I move in, if we don't have enough of this and that, how's all that going to work? And and a lot of times the Lord was just saying, move now. I just need you to move now. Just get your stuff in pack, go. I think as part of my journey, I have learned that when you get that push to move and go do it because you'll miss out on the, the wave. You'll miss out on the wave. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, belief is a huge thing. It comes in all size, shapes and colors. And, you know, I always say we don't necessarily kind of challenge or consider our beliefs. We're just we're just operating and going through our lives. So checking in with ourselves and making sure that we're kind of testing and challenging ourselves in that area so that we grow and, and, and advance forward. All right. So tell us how we can connect with you, uh, learn about the practice, become a member, and just learn about all things Dr. Aaron Harris. All things Dr. Harris. Well, my website is harrisinternalmed.com. So you don't spell the Harris Internal Medicine, you just do harrisinternalmed.com. My email address is Dr. Harris at Harris Internal Med. My YouTube page is DPCDOC, all in capital letters. So DPC Doc um, on my YouTube page. And I also have Facebook, Harris Internal Med, Instagram, Harris Internal, and my phone number 
770-954-5010. So a lot of ways to figure me out. <laughs> all right. Nice. And I'll be sure to put all of that in the show notes so people can get in touch and uh, get some of the Harris Eternal Med love. All right. And then last but not least, I love to end the show this way. So give us your name and tell us your key to limitless possibilities. My name is Aaron R. Harris, MD. And well, Aaron Harris James, because <laughs> I am married. My key to limitless possibilities is let go. Let go. Wow. Let go and live. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I truly appreciate you sharing your story. And that's what we have for you guys. And we'll see you next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> And remember, if you've got questions, I've got answers. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Rhonda on a mission, R-H-O-N-D-A on a mission. As well, I invite you to connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rhonda on a mission and LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash Rhonda on a mission. Again, thanks for joining. Until next time, friends, be happy. Be joyful and be free.